is the future. This is not the past. The new XFL will kick off in 2020. If you smell what the XFL is cooking. It's still football, but it's professional football reimagined. This is our moment, our story to tell. This is history begun. This is the XFL! Welcome, football fans. This is the week of January 6th, 2019. This is the road to 2020, and this is the XFL Show. I'm Alan. I'm Vince. And I'm Bryant. This week, we're looking at new details that have emerged about the XFL's deals with its host stadiums. This is episode 50. What's the big deal? Welcome, everybody. We have another jam-packed show for you today. It is episode 50, kind of a milestone. We're almost a year into the show. We began Right, the week, I guess, that it was announced right away. Been covering the developments for the XFL on the build to 2020. So a monumental one here. Jake, who is normally on the show, will be subbing in later for depth, Bryant. He's gonna come in a little bit later in the game. We're reserving him for the end for the fourth quarter. I could have swore Jake was against sub package football, and here he is, you know, just <laughs> waiting for the right moment to come in, uh, you know, fresh and while we're all tired. He's taking advantage of the defense, I guess. Yeah, well, it'll be better late than never. He can't miss episode 50, so we'll have a full full four-man show here. But for the time being, it's going to be a, a three-way dance here, and we are going to get things kicked off this week right into it with the cover two. Going for two. Go for two and believe. All right, first part of the cover two, we're going to talk about the NFL coaching carousel, update that, and also what that might mean for the XFL last week. We had a hearty and 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 just really exhilarating debate amongst each other, and then with people on social media, guys, about potential XFL coaches and with the NFL having Black Monday, now we have some more names that might be out there for the XFL to uh, pick and, and maybe bring on as coach GMs. Remember... You you guys you guys can always chime in. We've got a lot of feedback on last week's episode when it came to the coaches at XFL Show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're everywhere, and of course, call the fan line. We're gonna play something from there in a little bit. Seven two four five six five four XFL NFL coaching carousel update. Some names that were fired and what that might mean for the XFL. First, we'll start Steve Wilkes, uh, one and done with the Arizona Cardinals. They're looking at a bunch of candidates, including Mike McCarthy, the former Packers head coach. We knew he wouldn't be an XFL coach. Adam Gase also interviewed for that job, the Fire Dolphins head coach. But names that we thought might be interesting for the XFL, but are probably not going to be there for Oliver Luck to choose. Cliff Kingsbury, the Fire Texas Tech coach, fired for I don't know what reason, Vince, and Goes to USC to be the OC. He's getting an NFL job, probably. And then you also have Jim Caldwell, who was on the reimagination committee for the XFL, getting a bunch of interviews as well. Yeah, uh, a lot a lot of quality individuals there, particularly Kingsbury. Uh, this guy, uh, tremendous uh, reputation with developing quarterbacks, a, a real offensive guru there. Uh, nobody know. at least I haven't uh, been, been really having my ear to the ground on why he's he uh, got canned at Texas Tech. Uh, maybe just you know, 
some disagreements with the with the uh, university. Couldn't uh, live up to his alma mater. But either way, already an excellent job uh, at Southern Cal, and could be even more. It, as you alluded. Yeah, exactly. He's. I bet he gets an NFL job, so that's one name off of the list there for the XFL. But one to consider with the Steve Wilkes firing, what that might mean is, you think Byron Leftwich could get, could get a job in the XFL? I, I think it's very possible. You know, this is a Offensive guy, coordinator for the Cardinals. He's gone too. But very, very limited coaching experience. Uh, he was only a quarterback's coach uh, and then became an offensive coordinator for one season. Yeah. Uh, so, you know... Unless somebody, I think, you know, he's got very little experience, unless somebody is really on him and really trusts him and he's got an in somewhere, uh, I don't know if he necessarily has the track record to be picked up uh, by another, another NFL job, which could mean the XFL could come call. So, Brian, a candidate like Byron left, which I don't really think we got into someone like him. He's a really young offensive mind when it comes to coaching. A well-known quarterback, had a pretty good career, uh, is a Jaguar starter, and then a backup, won a Super Bowl with the Steelers. Two, maybe, right? He might have been. No, he wasn't there for both. Just one. And uh, gets one year as an OC with the Arizona Cardinals. Do you think he's a guy Oliver Luck and the XFL should should consider? Uh, maybe as an offensive coordinator, he, he didn't even get a full year. I mean, as an offensive coordinator, he took over mid season. Right. So think, you think it takes, October. it takes more than being an OC or an assistant on an NFL staff to be in one of these eight positions as the coach GM. Well, I think it takes 10 years. So if you want to be an offensive coordinator uh, in the NFL and be a head coach in the XFL, you're going to need some tenure there. You're going to need some experience. I mean, Byron Leftwich, you know, the name stands out. Everybody knows who Byron left, which is especially our generation. I believe he came out of college, you know, right around the same time that we were kind of coming out of high school. So, so, so right when we're developing the knowledge of all these players, he was, he's a very recognizable name, but in the sake of, of being the general manager as well. And I think that's the key that people keep forgetting. It's not just a head coach. It's, it's a general manager of these teams as well. And to have limited head coaching experience and basically no general manager experience I don't think that's a that's a good fit for the XFL. I'd like to see a, a young guy like that, an inexperienced guy, get a shot at sinking his teeth into one of these real big jobs in the XFL, running an entire team. But Byron Leftwich, that kind of guy, I don't know. He wasn't even successful, really, as the OC there and ended up being part of a staff that was fired. Yeah, and maybe he's not a head coaching candidate, but maybe he's a candidate yeah. for... But he's going to be an assistant on an NFL team if he wants to be. I don't know. If well, does he true. want to be a quarterback's I mean, coach? Yeah, coach on a, on, a, on an NFL team or an OC coordinator in the XFL. Well, that's a good. That's a good uh, comparison. College there. might it, come it, a calling too, though. They might. You know, it's you know, coaching trees. You know, guys like to stick with their guys. Follow a lot the of branches, times, and you know, his guy just got fired. Yeah. So, you know, where does that leave him? At the, yeah, you got you got to follow it's the not branches. Like he's, it's not like he's been in a situation where he's been around the block for 10, 15 years and, you know, he's got a lot of connections. It, it's he's all really about who you know. It, it, sometimes it is. It is in any in any business, really. Yeah. Even, even football. And uh, <laughs> and that that might explain why this next guy gets jobs, even though he's kind of epically failed at a bunch of them. But he is kind of one of those minds, those beautiful minds in football that everybody covets. Uh, pretty innovative, but kind of flopped with a lot of great weapons in Atlanta. Steve Sarkeesian, uh, given the boot, 
uh, as the offensive coordinator. And before we get into it, we did get a call this week, very interesting, calling one of us out to uh, reflect on this on this guy. Uh, this let's go let's go coast to coast with our fan line here, guys. XFL coast to coast. You fans call in twenty four seven three sixty five. We appreciate you seven two four five six five four XFL. And one of our best call. You know, I'll just go out and say it. I know. People don't like to play favorites. Our best caller, Leo, he kills it whenever he calls in. We got to play a portion of his call this week because Bryant, he had some words for you. Hey guys, this is Leo from Massachusetts. You probably figured I'd be calling more than once this week, um, especially with Black Monday taking place. I wonder how Bryant feels about Steve Sarkeesian getting fired by the Atlanta Falcons. He'd be a perfect XFL candidate. Uh, LA, LA guy, um, has a form 44 years old, young, offensive mind, he's got some baggage. It'd be interesting. It would be interesting, Brian. You have an answer for Leo? <laughs> Uh, I don't know if Leo or anyone really, really realizes my affiliation here in, in, in SoCal. Um, I'm a UCLA guy, right? That's that's <laughs> who I follow. So uh, I don't want to I don't want to say you know here Steve Sarkeesian is the, the man around here, right? Uh, if he wants to go back and coach USC for some reason, sure, by all means, go right ahead. Um, but you know what? It, it would be an interesting name for the XFL, and and I thought about it after a conversation last week before he even got fired. I think this might actually be a pretty good fit. Maybe not for the L.A. team. He is from SoCal. But the man coached uh, seven seasons in the NCAAs, and six of them were winning records. I mean, that's that's not something just to laugh off. Maybe for the expectations of the universities of USC and Washington, that's you know subpar. The man was barely over 500. But, and he's an offensive-minded guy. He did fail in Atlanta. Probably trying to run a style that maybe wasn't really suited for his um, expertise, but I-, I could see it. I could see it, and I-, I and I could be down with it if it actually does happen. I, I think it would be excellent. Uh, he's uh, he's uh, that but, young tenured mind we were just talking about. He uh, has tenure, he, and he's young. He, he it would be an excellent hire. However, I will say that a, a lot of colleges are uh, you know he he's rumored uh, for a lot of college. Uh, offensive coordinator positions right now, um, you know, ten, uh, University of Tennessee being the big one, and I would just think that you know, especially if he's being considered for an offensive coordinator position at an SEC school, you know, it's going to be more money. It, it, there's no doubt about that. It's going to be more money, I, and it's really going to come down to a lot of what we talked about last week. Is he uh, is he over trying to co- coach? Uh, 18-year-old kids going out into their homes trying to recruit high school boys, or uh, does he want to just deal with professionals in the XFL? Uh, I think he'd take less money, but it would be a whole lot less uh, maybe physically demanding job. Still a lot of hours, but I think a little less demanding. Uh, I don't know. Sark seems like a guy who needs to be working under somebody and putting him in charge. I don't even know if that's the right answer for the XFL. Are you willing to give that guy this kind of opportunity Who's he failed, you know, personally, you know, had personal issues at, at, you know, big time job, his dream job. And then he goes to this job where he has a lot of weapons and he's doing all right, at least. But he just didn't do well as the OC. He just failed with Julio Jones, Matt Ryan and 
and that entire offense. And so Steve Sarkeesian, I think he has a long way to go to be given the responsibility of a GM head coach. Didn't I wouldn't hire him. Didn't he get axed from Alabama because he was like, he had already received the job for Atlanta, I believe. And um, uh, Saban just said, go away. Isn't that what happened to him in Alabama when he left there? I want to. No, I think he coached in the last game with them, and then it was over. No, it was Lane Kiffin. My apologies, Lane Kiffin, who got distracted and got. Okay, Uh, you know what though? Here's the thing: is do you want to build a resume in the NCAA's or in the XFL? Because that's what's going to happen, right? If he's in the XFL and goes nine and one his first season, is that going to look better than going? you know, eight and four at some SEC school or even like seven and six at some SEC school. What's going to look better? Because there's a, there's a future part to all this, especially for someone so young. Yeah. you And also you got to think about who, you know, you meet probably would be able to rub more elbows and, and shake more hands. If you're working under a coach in college, you can might maybe help you get a job. So if you're a coach looking for that big payday, that big opportunity, Going to the XFL, you're kind of putting yourself on an island, but you're putting yourself in a situation where you're going to be able to impress people if you do well. So I think, yeah, a lot of it's who you know, but if you succeed and do well in a job like this, that's going to be just as good as knowing the right people, I think. So if I'm offered, if I'm a guy like Sark and I'm offered an XFL job, I'm jumping at it because who's going to give him that much responsibility in the NCAA or the NFL these days? Other names on the coaching carousel going round and round uh, that we could go through real quick here. Bills wide receivers coach Terry Grabisky was fired. Uh, you know, not a huge name, but a well-connected guy who's coached everywhere with everybody. That's the kind of guy I could see maybe getting a job. Uh, yeah, well, uh, but you know, a guy, a guy that's coached everywhere and has a lot of, he knows a lot of people. There's a lot of places for him to go. Uh, so maybe that means he's going to stay in the NFL, hard to say. But he's uh, not going to get a head coaching job. No, no, I'm not absolutely not. He knows but... a lot of people who would make him an assistant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> he's he's a guy who could maybe get people to come coach with him is what I'm getting at. So Terry Rubisky, I don't know, just like a name like that who's been around the block seems very similar to someone who might have been hired in the original XFL. Other names, the one we spent a lot of time on last week, Marvin Lewis, the Cincinnati Bengals fired. Finally, the era has come to an end. What do you think's next for old Marvin? I think he's going to take a year off, and maybe that's perfect timing uh, for an XFL situation. I mean, he you know he's been the head coach in the NFL for quite a long time, made a whole lot of money, uh, and you know maybe he want he's at the point where he wants to try something new. TV. Uh, maybe this year while he takes a year off, I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, is he a really a charismatic figure? Uh, but maybe with the way, you know, television is nowadays, you don't need Jason that. Witten's on Monday night. I football. was about to say Chuck yeah. Pagano has been interviewed by a few teams, including the Denver Broncos. Todd Bowles was fired, which guys on his staff, you can maybe keep an eye on Mike Caldwell, the inside linebackers coach slash assistant head coach has been around, but also another interesting one, Kevin Green could be on the market. Talk about personalities and credibility. A Hall of Famer in the XFL as a head coach. I don't see Kevin Green get. Do you see him get an NFL head coaching job or even defensive coordinator job? No, but uh, there's no doubt about it that this guy could coach, uh, help coach linebackers 
Uh, he got a pretty good crop there in Green Bay. Yeah, he helped with. Yeah, he's uh, you know an excellent, uh, you know one of the best to ever play the position. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no doubt he could do that. Would he be a Would he be a head coach? And the XFL, I, I don't know if I see that, but I could see him being involved. I I definitely see him being a head coach. He's been co- an assistant on these teams for long enough. He's been around it. I, I think he should be given an opportunity like that. Why not? He's a Hall of Famer. Ryan, you're laughing about this. What was it? It's because, I mean, if you look at the man, I mean, the man's pushing 60, but I feel like he's the kind of coach that puts 60? on pads. He's, he's got to be in his early 50s at most. He's 56. I'm looking it up right now. He's pushing oh 60. That's not bad. Uh, he looks like he's someone who, who puts on his pads. <laughs> he puts on his pads during practice and gets in there with the boys. I, so you're I, thinking he's a Joey Porter type? Yeah, he's he's he he might he, maybe he's suited for the XFL, but I, I I don't think he's got the head coach GM. Well, more uh, so than Joey Porter, because Joey Porter was probably, fired this week by the Steelers. We said that last week. Guys like him not going to get XFL jobs, but uh, who knows? We'll see what happens, old Joey. Uh, uh, Nick, he's probably uh, fighting somebody in a bar right now. I'll say this about Joey Porter, even Kevin Green, for the most part. You know, ever I don't care what level of football it is or what rules they play by. Every sideline needs a hype man like that, yeah. and and the XFL is going to be no different. And so, it would not surprise me yeah. to see to see a Joey Porter. <laughs> So every every, uh, every in, in some in some capacity, we have Jim Bob Cooter who's out there. Yeah, that's. Who was the, kind of the new hotness not long ago? I'm a big fan of Jim Bob Cooter, but they they hired that uh, Jagoff coach in Detroit. <laughs> oh, no. Matt, Matt Patricia. <laughs> yeah, what a mistake! Yeah, went in his hat. All what the time. a mistake uh, there in Detroit. He did keep Jim Bob Cooter there. He did. He, yeah, and he now they him fired on. him. Yeah, I mean, feel bad for the guy, but I think he got out of a bad situation there, and I, I hope he ends up somewhere good. <sighs> I, I think he's a commodity. I'll say that right now. I don't think he's uh, gonna end up with the uh, XFL. I think he. I think he's no head coaching experience, really, does he? Not in the NFL, at least. No, uh, I don't think so. Yeah. So J- JBC, besides Junior Bacon Cheeseburgers, is he's my favorite. JBC Jim Bob Cooter. I definitely think he gets an NFL job. But you said commodity. Damn right, he'd be a great get for the XFL. I oh, think Brian huge. wouldn't he? It's 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 a good uh, acronym. I mean, maybe I'm, I'm down with the, the, the junior bacon cheeseburger more so than anything. But I, I it would be a guess. If, if he had some good somebody. offenses with the Lions, he's got a he's a, he's a fun guy. Great name. Oh yeah, great name. Uh, I'll say this the right name now. Value alone. <laughs> if, if that that's exactly right. If I'm a uh, uh, a tenant of one of these towns that the XFL is coming to, and I hear that my coach is going to be Jim Bob Cooter, <laughs> sign me up. It sounds like it's going to be a fun game. I, I like it. What if your coach is Mike Pettin? Uh, it doesn't have as much heat around it. It's not a good name, but he has head coaching experience, and he he's going to be unemployed maybe if the Packers get rid of him with their house cleaning. Yeah, their well, defensive coordinator. It, it, it's such it's such a fine line that the XFL has to try, right? Because do they get the right man for the job, or do they go for the name? When it comes to like, if you had two coaches in front of you, right? Do you go for the right man, or do you go for the name? And I feel like XFL two thousand one would go for the name. XFL twenty twenty goes what for the name? right man for the no, job. All those all those guys were journeyman head coaches, though. What, what do you mean in, in two thousand one? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. But but that's because there was nobody available. But in like in sense, <laughs> in, in, in now in 2020, if you have somebody yeah. who is available, who is okay. a name, like Rex Ryan, let's put it out there, right? If you hire him, that's going to make headlines. That's going to be news. Someone like that. I'm not saying they are, but if they did, that's what I'm talking about. Do you hire him or do you hire somebody who's not a big name, who's not very recognizable, but can get, can get the job done and is committed to you for long term? That's the other thing, too, right? Because if you're going to get these one-year coaches that are going to be in and out and not committed to you long time, uh, the, that kind of throws a wrench into your system as well. So there's a lot of factors here other than just name and, That's and true. things like that. And I think the, I think Oliver Luck has a plan in place in terms of exactly well, what he If wants. you can get the name, though, that's a great thing. And when I was looking through these, you know, all the firings that have gone on in the NFL, and I'm looking at, you know, coaching staffs that are going to be blown up, and I'm looking. I, I was looking for a guy like that, and I think I found one on the Packers. He's not gone yet, but their special teams coordinators, Ron Zook, the Zooker. Yeah, I mean that's a guy who's coached in big, big, big games for big time colleges. He's now an NFL assistant. Lots of experience, name recognition in certain parts of the country. A, a, a good enough leader to earn those important jobs, in, you know, Illinois and, and Florida. Oh yeah, I think that's a guy that would be an excellent hire if you know he's interested. Yeah, in yeah the Zucker, this available. guy, he he has been all over the place. Uh, lots of NFL experience. Then uh, you know, he, you said head coach at uh, in Gainesville and Illinois, and you know, notorious as a tremendous recruiter, uh, didn't quite work out at the head coaching ranks and bounce back to the NFL. Maybe he's done with both of those, and he wants to come to the XFL. This is a name. uh, I wish we would have talked about this last week. Uh, This is a guy that I I feel very highly likely he's going to be in the XFL. Highly likely. You bring it back. Highly likely. (laughs) Ron Zook. Yeah. (laughs) Here's a good example in this sense, right? It's been, I mean, by the time the XFL starts, it'll be nine years since this man has had a a head coaching job. You think that itch is there, right? That he wants to be a head coach. He would leave all this assistant and coordinator stuff to become a head coach. And I think that's something that, there's going to be a value too, right? Somebody who who was a head coach can't get that head coaching job anymore. XFL comes a call, and you might see them actually answer that phone. Yeah, well, you know, we we thought of as many names as we could have, guys. I think we did a good enough research coming up with realistic names, but of course we missed some. And some of our great listeners, these football freaks, they hit us up on social media at XFL Show, and a lot of people. Yes, it was a St. Louis fans. Yeah, right? St. Louis. Let yeah, just, let's just let it be known: the St. Louis fans, at least on social media, are just dominating. If if it goes if it if it goes by social media presence in 2020 for season number one, St. Louis is winning the championship for sure. <laughs> Fans coming out of the woodwork after last week's show saying who they hope for. And a couple names we missed last week, Jim Hazlitt and Lovey Smith, Vince. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, two two guys that were once considered great great NFL head coaches. Uh, you know, a lot of respect uh, in the coaching world for both. Both guys and, got bad teams to the playoffs for the first yeah, time in a long time. Yeah, right? yeah. These guys, these guys can do it. Uh, there's no – and, you know – you talk about the quality of the play, mm-hmm. which is going to be the most important thing in this league. It's the I, quality of the play. You know, I see no reason why they shouldn't be considered. Uh, now, whether or not they will be, and you know, they want to, uh, you know, disregard whatever they're currently doing—that's another story. And also, all those, all the St. Louis fans coming out saying 
Those guys also, some of them just saying, please not Jeff Fisher. Most of them just saying not Jeff Fisher. Uh, but shout out also to Mike Mitchell uh, from XFLboard.com. Oh my, hell of an article he wrote connecting a lot of dots to potential players and coaches that could be in the XFL just because of who's already involved in the league. And we talked about it's all about who you know earlier in the yeah. show. He brought that up in his article about these guys having connections to certain institutions, certain people, and expect to see some of these uh, connections in the XFL. You got Sam Schwartzstein, you know, involved with football operations. He's a Stanford guy. Maybe we, we see some a guy like uh, Mike Mitchell brings up in his article Kevin Hogan, the quarterback. He might be an XFL quarterback. Doug Whaley's got Steelers and Bills connections. Oliver Luck, of course, WVU, uh, Houston area, the Colts. I mean, you got to also follow that the branches of the coaching trees, follow the friendships, see who's close to the people already involved, and we could, and that can give us a glimpse into who might be involved with the XFL coaching or playing. And we've got a really thorough quarterback show coming up soon. We're going to do it similar to how we did the coaches last week and some of this week, and we're going to dive into what quarterbacks we might be seeing get getting signed within the next month because we're anticipating that soon as well. Yeah, uh, players are going to be uh, going to be placed on these teams. We've been told that there's going to be some sort of draft. Yeah, uh, but you know, you think you know if you're the XFL, you want to get these players' names out as soon as you can, and quarterbacks. That's what drives. So they could do. Radio shows and podcasts like yeah. this one, that, yeah. And quarterbacks—that's what drives. Uh, that's what drives ratings and interests. Like it or not, you could say if you want to say quarterback plays overrated, that's fine. Uh, oh, but, well, it it is, but that's an argument I'm saving for another show. Yeah, but that, that's that's what drives it, and so you want to get these big names out there if you can. <laughs> All right, let's go to our second part of the cover too, Brian. I've been waiting to hear your thoughts on this because you're a tech guy, you're a nerd like me. You like gadgets and gizmos, and the XFL recently tweeted out an article talking about their technology from Sports Techie, and they talked about how the XFL will be using Zebra Technologies and a company called Catapult to have player tracking wearable chips. Stuff to, for players to wear on jerseys, helmets, or whatever that'll have information and data on stuff like biometrics and 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 help them help the league at least understand what's going on with players, so they can then use it to create some sort of health policy. That's their that's their goal, at least according to Oliver Luck. What are your thoughts on that? And and do you think eventually the the the, the Physical data on about players, the biometrics and all that, you know, about heart rates and what's going on inside of their bodies while they're playing. Do you think that'll one day be intertwined with live betting? Can you uh, can you imagine if you had that kind of information betting on the heart rate of some man during <laughs> yeah. a play? Yeah. What if you could? What if you could analyze a quarterback's heart rate and whatever you know, his, whatever his body's going through, how much he's sw- perspiring, and it's the middle of the game, and you're looking to bet on the second half. Wouldn't you want that kind of information? Yeah, I suppose uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> Let I Brian answer really cool. it. I want, I've been waiting for his thoughts. <laughs> Look, I think this technology is 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 really cool, right? It's really uh, advanced. I don't know much about it, but I think uh, being able to to have this live data or even you know semi live data. Um, and I'll get to your sports betting question in a second, but uh, to 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 be able to analyze players in a way that 
technology allows you to to analyze them in 2020 is going to be key, right? Right now, uh, there's so much technology out there, and it's kind of what the XFL did back in 2001 as well. They they introduced things that were modern for the times, but no one was using, like like micro, you know, what was it the the the, the zipline skycam thing or whatever. And those things live on forever. And I feel like this is a, is a general direction on where the XFL should be going in terms of technology and information and being uh, able to, to, to involve yourself in the game as much as possible. And as far as betting goes, I mean, I guess uh, they could, yeah. Is it, is it like an EKG? Is it going to give you all that information? You're going to just see little like heart rate monitors on your screen and determine Eventually, whether you want to bet yeah, on well, that quarterback. You think that's what's going to happen? Great. Oh, yeah, especially for live betting, daily fantasy. You can know all – I mean, well, Oliver Luck did say that they want to keep privacy, you know, kind of – they're going to consider privacy. There is no players union, so they're going to respect privacy. I'm sure players don't want us knowing what's going on inside their bodies completely. But that would be some valuable information, right, if you're oh, live betting. You and I, Vince, were at the casino the other night thinking about doing live betting, but we didn't have enough data or information to do it. It's a hard thing to do. Yeah, live betting, yeah, it's a real thing. And, you know, people bet on anything. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but, you know, th- this is inter- interesting information. that Even just, you know, from from just a, a fan's perspective, not even a betting perspective. Yeah, if you're yeah. watching it, just say, Jesus, this guy's heart's pounding out of his <laughs> chest right now. <laughs> but uh, do, now, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't uh, this technology, I don't think this is that revolutionary. I believe it's been used. Uh, you see this sometimes at the Combine yeah. uh, where guys have those that thing on their chest. Yeah, that, they're, that, they're just not. All that. Yeah, the leagues aren't using it to develop their player health and safety policy, right. though. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. but it is being used. Yeah, uh, and now this is an interesting way to use it. It would create great and, stat categories he, too. P- quarterback with the highest cholesterol ever to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I well, I think just a quick step on the scale and is it going to be like ma- body mass <laughs> index? I think we could find that. Out. Is one of the profits going to be how many times does the Los Angeles's quarterback rate heart rate go over a hundred in a game? Yeah, is that, is that like a profit, right over well, under twenty five? Fun prop bets on player biometrics. <laughs> I, I I don't know. It's not, that sounds like too much of a gimmick. To me. <laughs> yeah. We want we want to avoid gimmicks. That's for sure. All right. Well, th- that, those are our, our two pieces this week for this week's cover too. And if you have any. Uh, thoughts or things you want us to get into on a cover to let us know at xfl show on your favorite social media uh outlet whether it be instagram facebook or twitter we're at xfl show we're everywhere and of course you can go to the website this is the xfl show.com here we are though we're coming to the the, the fourth quarter so we're gonna have to call in uh for some sub package football because we've got to move quickly less stall more ball. It's episode 50, and we've got Jake coming into the studio now to join us for this week's Hot Read. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! Hey, Rick Flair! Rick Flair! Pepper, flip, caliber. Motown, happy, jolly, drunk, cluster, Burr, tiger! I think he's got a hound too, Rodney, I think. Vince, you you pop for that happy jolly part every time. 
Yeah, it's 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 a good sound. Love, he he loves good a, cadences. He's that just was, a big fan of dwarves. That that call there won a game. Nobody talks about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's it's time for the hot read, and we're bringing in. Uh, well, well, he didn't get to do his intro at the beginning of the the show the way we always do. If you want to do it the way we always do it, uh, this is the hot read. You can go ahead and introduce yourself. And I'm Jake. There you go. Jake's here for episode 50. He wasn't here for the whole beginning. I don't know why, but he wants he wanted to be a part of this monumental episode. So here he is for this week's hot read, where we will discuss the new details that have emerged about the XFL's deal with some of its stadiums. And this came out earlier in the week. And boy, oh boy, is it interesting, guys. It's got all kinds of interesting nuggets here that make you scratch your head and make you think certain things. And let's get into everything we know now. When the Rams came to St. Louis about 25 years ago, right, they paid $25,000 per game. And they got most of the concession money. They got most of the ad money. And the city was kind of left just being happy they had an NFL team. St. Louis Convention and Visitors Commission now has struck a deal with the XFL where the commission will get $100,000 per game, all the concession money, and it's all going to total about $1.5 million guaranteed for the commi- for the commission with this XFL deal with the St. Louis team playing at the Dome at America Center. Matthew Dewey is the general manager of America Center Convention Complex, and he said, quote, it's a fair deal, good for the city, good for the facility, and it's also good for the client. I definitely agree with that first part. We'll debate about that <laughs> last part. Reports also on similar deals about Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, the Houston Stadium, TDECU Stadium there in uh, Houston. Side note, real quick, guys, before I give you more details, can anyone tell me what TDECU actually stands for? No peeking. I got no idea. What stadium is this? That's the Houston. It's the Houston Stadium. Is the E educational? Education? No. Texas Dow Employees Credit Union. You'd have never guessed that in a million years. I would never guess a credit union would be sponsoring a stadium, to be 100% honest, but okay. Well, they're, they're, uh, well it's a place where people come to... Talking about oil, you're talking about an oil money credit union. They got, they got plenty of... <laughs> they got a hell of a Christmas club program. Yeah, right? Different than the uh, car loan you got recently. Yeah. So, awesome with town Houston, credit union. The, the Houston... <laughs> the Houston, Tampa Bay, and St. Louis deals are all pretty city-friendly. Pretty city, definitely. And that's kind of a sign of the times. Cities are putting their foot down on paying for facilities for pro teams. Uh, the NFL from the mid-'90s to, well, recently, would basically ask for the world from a city and get it. Luxury suites, naming rights, concessions, parking, uh, ads. Especially when taxpayers yes. paid for those stadiums. Yes. And they still are. Yeah. Cities' entire budgets I mean, and, and taxpayer money. The NFL would get them. But cities are putting their foot down now. We're seeing a lot of relocation these days. And we're seeing the XFL have very friendly friendly deals with these cities so they could play in these cities. The NFL damaged those towns, and maybe that's what led to this. The XFL also has a lot of capital. Vince McMahon is spending a lot of money. There's also uncertainty with a new league, so obviously all of that gives these cities a little bit of leverage. The league 
is going to pay for all the game day staff, cops, security, ushers, and, and general costs to have a game day. All this is happening, and, and really, initially, you have to think, wow, the XFL is really forking out a lot just to have these games at these stadiums, right, right Brian? That's what you said to me, at least, whenever we first started talking and we saw the article from the St. Louis Dispatch. Well, the fir- I mean, the first thing I thought when I saw this is, yeah, this is a lot of money. I mean, this is – we're not talking chump change. We're not talking, you know, hey, give me the stadium for free and I'll let you have all the tickets, right? This is – you're paying me money and you're giving me all the tickets and I'm taking parking. And you know what? That hot dog that's in that guy's hand, I'm taking that too. <laughs> and that's a lot of money, you know, and, that, and that's something to say. So, I mean, I don't know if we want to get into why I think the XFL made these types of deals. Maybe we'll go more into that in the end. But I think there is a reason why. Uh, we're seeing these types of deals also on the XFL side. Oh, absolutely, and I'll I'll, I'll say it right now. I'm I'm just speculating, but I would assume that they must feel that they're going to get a tremendous television contract. Oh, has to, yep, and, and Me that's too. where and you know that's where it's going to come from. And they really just need a place to put on an excellent product that looks good it, on TV, that looks good on, on television. So. We, Let's before we go into why we think the XFL made th- this deal. Let's look look at what the cities are getting a little bit further because we do have some details on Tampa and Houston, in addition to St. Louis that came out on this awesome article out of the St. Louis Dispatch from David Hun. Tampa Bay will be getting, I mean, a pretty good deal. Revenues from all game day food, beverage, parking will be going to Raymond James Stadium. Ticket fees that could end up costing the XFL more than 150 k a game. Uh, the Tampa Sports Authority got a good deal for their for their team. Houston, uh, the XFL is playing for game day operations just like the other two towns. They have a $2 per ticket facility fee plus between $30,000 and $45,000 per game according to the Houston term sheet. Uh, the University of Houston is also going to get a share of concessions and merchandise sales for that deal. And, man, the XFL's given up a lot of cash to play in these stadiums, When you, especially when you look at it and compare it to what the Rams did in St. Louis in this article. They said it took the Rams six seasons to reach what the XFL will pay St. Louis in one. Wow. That's an incredible well, sign of the times. Okay, but that, that's also 94 money compared to 2000, you know, 2020 money. Of course, right? of course. But yeah. that but that rate okay. was what the Rams were going were paying for a long long time and eventually led to them leaving for LA where they're building their own stadium out of Stan Kroenke's pocket mostly. Uh, the XFL in St. Louis at least is going to get some things in the deal that you know that that are going to be good for the league, like cooling and heating within the stadium. The city, the commission will pay for that. Wi-Fi, we've already talked about that. Very important for live betting. Uh, the turf, the field, it's all going to be handled. Operational costs by the stadiums. Uh, the XFL will get 100% of broadcasting, game day, advertising, ticket revenues, less fees and taxes. The XFL will have to use concessionaires at most of these stadiums. Uh, for instance, at St. Louis, they use Levy restaurants. The XFL will have to pay $5,000 on top of the the 100k fee already per game to pocket money from t-shirts and jerseys and merch. Uh, but if they don't, they'll get 80% of the revenues instead of uh, the all the money from that. No hot dog money for the XFL. <laughs> no beer money. No concession money unless yearly totals surpass surpass two hundred thousand in a season, 
in which case the XFL will get a 25% kickback from the St. Louis Commission there. And then there's also insurance for the commission. Pretty good. $250,000 before each season, plus a $300,000 letter of credit. That means the XFL is held accountable, or else the commission will be able to dip into that. And then there's the real kicker, the one that gets you thinking about the league, Jake. I want to hear your thoughts on this, because if the XFL gets over 10,000 people for any single game, then the commission in St. Louis is going to pay the XFL $1 per entry. And if they pass 20000 that rebate will go to $2 per entry. And that is what Oliver Luck likes the most about the deal. He said, we came away with an agreement that's fair to all parties. Incentive for the XFL to put butts in seats, Jake. Do you think that's a good deal for him? Uh, first of all, I'll just say this sounds like a, a hell of an episode of Shark Tank. Uh, you know, I, I, I'd like to see a play that play out on my television. I, I mean, it sounds like the XFL is paying a lot of money to let uh, to be able to play in somebody else's house. And, you know, Vince alluded to it. There's going to be a big television deal to offset some of these costs. Uh, I, you know, I like that the XFL is going to be getting one or two dollars for more butts in the seats, which it helps the XFL. But if these stadiums are going to be able to uh, keep all concession stand or, or parking money, then it also helps them. So it's a win-win. But uh, immediately I'm hearing that the XFL is giving away a lot of money right now. So I hope they're getting a lot back. And where is it coming from? That's what everyone's asking, right? Is it that TV deal? Vince, you brought it up. There has to be some kind of huge TV deal the XFL is banking on that's going to really supplement everything they're giving up to the stadiums. Yeah, I mean, you'd think a, a football deal and a, a football product that you're going to be putting on in the spring. Okay, and we've recently seen uh, some other Vince McMahon properties, Raw and SmackDown, who average, what, 2 million viewers, you know, on a, on a low day, or maybe in SmackDown on an average day, 2 million viewers. Go 2 for, to 3 million. Go for, what, a billion dollars? <laughs> Something like that? A billion dollars? Well, a billion over five years. Was that two, about 250 a year, I think it was. Or so 200 a year, sorry, 204. $200 million a year? You think that the XFL could draw, you know, at least a million viewers a week, don't you think? Well, I don't I, know. I, I a a live football game in the spring? Startup leagues are struggle, and most of them lose money, though. And if you look at other, you know, smaller leagues that have TV deals, WNBA, I read, has about 200,000-ish viewers. WNBA. Yes. So if you're looking at what they're getting, do you think the XFL is going to get more than that? And then you look at the going rate for live sporting events. What will that translate to? And will it make up for everything this, you're giving up to play and, and pay in rent? If the product is good, and, and this is the thing, if the product is good, which you know we're all, we're all hoping that it is because it's all about the quality of the play mm-hmm. and you know how different this league is going to be. And if people really love football that much and they really have a desire to watch football... In the spring, when there's no other football around, then you would think that it's going to draw some big ratings. I'm not saying, you know, uh, 10 million people are going to be watching per week, 
But, you know, a million people, I don't think that's unreasonable. Jake, you're a TV executive. Got a lot of money from some rich guy to spend right now on live sports. He said, go get me some live sports. He or she said, get me a live sporting event to air on our station. You spend this much money, however much money you want. How much are you spending on the XFL, a new football league playing in the spring? Football is still king in the United States of America. So I'm definitely going, going after that type of sporting event for my channel. It is the first year, so you don't want to dump too much in. You know, somebody said that, you know, uh, a lot of startups, they, they lose money for a while. So I I don't know. I, I can't I cannot put a dollar value on that. But I, I definitely uh, listen, I'm going to have more views on my television station with a football league that people have never heard of versus collegiate um, gymnastics or or drone racing. Jake, well, let me let me let me throw some numbers at you real quick, and maybe this will help you kind of put it all into context. In the in the uh, NFL right now, their current contracts are nine year contracts running from 2014 to 2022. Tele- television rights, we're talking about television rights: CBS, NBC, Fox, uh, even NFL Network and ESPN. They are bringing in for the next nine. Well, I'm sorry, this was 2014 and all the way to 2022, 39.6 billion dollars. Let me break that down for you. That's that's about 39.6 per season. I mean, a little bit under that, obviously. But that's $17 million per game. Per game that that, that the that these leagues are paying. Not including um, uh, playoffs, obviously. But just to, but, to give you some ballpark. You don't but think that's for Vince the NFL, McMahon, and, Okay, but, but you don't think Vince McMahon or Oliver Luck can get a million per game? 500000 per game for live sports? Live entertainment? You know, you know, Saturday Night Live. I don't know if you, you guys aren't on the West Coast. You don't know this. Ran at eleven thirty-five on Saturday on the West Coast for years, years, and until recently, they started moving it to eight thirty-five, and now it runs live with the East Coast uh, because people want live television. And that's all it's what it's about. Whether it's sports, whether it's a sitcom, whatever it is, people are going to pay for live entertainment. And if they have a goal in mind of five hundred thousand, a million, whatever it is for them to break even. I think that's totally possible compared to what the NFL is getting. You're talking about less than 10% of what the NFL is getting per game. But I think the, the XFL can get that at least in its first season, just because it's live. It's kind of like TV right now is kind of like how Hollywood movies are with reboots and superhero movies. If they could find them, they're going to overpay for them all. If you have any kind of DVR proof event, you're going to, you're going to fork out some kind of money for it, no matter what it is. And if it's something presented by Vince McMahon, who has a track record of high high quality programming that's well produced, you're gonna you're gonna spend more than you would for live drone racing. It'll be interesting. Yeah, I mean, if you look at that time of year, if you look at that time of year, what do you have? You you got you got the NBA and NHL, which are kind of in a lull at that Re- point regular in time. season. Yeah, getting ready for the playoffs. Uh, and you got you March know, Madness. You got March Madness, now. which is still going to dominate whenever it does happen. But if you look in the month of February, uh, you know everybody's kind of just—that's yeah, a niche thing. Everybody's just sitting around waiting for uh, waiting for March Madness to start. So you know it, it's out there. But Evo's also got to look at even if they don't turn a profit, you know, the first season. You know, sometimes you gotta you gotta do whatever the startup costs are to get your. To get your product out there, but these are startup there. costs, Vince. 
These aren't startup costs. These are game day costs. These aren't, yeah. hey, well, we're going to well, pay this, this well, the first this season. Is, this is rent. We're going to pay well, you this gotta, for the next three or four seasons. Well, maybe that's, that's what you got to cost. Well, maybe no, that's I can what agree you got to do to get over. You got to put. Well, once you're over, right? Um, yeah. But <laughs> you're over. Well, yeah, it's the thing. What well, you know, he's paying, and then eventually he's going to get over. And then that's once you're the over, thing. you're over for good. That's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing. You try once to break his jaw. Yeah, once <laughs> once it's once it's established and and it's got the built-in audience, then it's gonna then it's gonna look like they stole from Momentum. these cities. Yeah. That's that's what the league is banking on because they're also banking on. Hey, we have incentive to put butts in the seats too. We've got very friendly deals to us because if we get twenty thousand people in all these stadiums, we're good. We're gonna make money on the on the live game, uh, you know, tickets and and people in the stadium, and of course our sweet ass TV deal. That's got to be the thinking, and I think that might make sense because I'm looking at the two thousand and one numbers. Average attendance league wide twenty three thousand. What and really is that high? Yes, and only high. and only two teams averaged under twenty thousand, and those were Birmingham and Chicago, and they ain't in XFL twenty twenty. That this, explains Chicago twenty twenty. Less people are going the games now than That's ever true. before. But even yeah. if they got half that. Even if you got half that, that's still ten thousand. They people. do have a one dollar incentive per per ticket on that. Ten grand is nothing. Yeah, but but you know, Look, well here, here's where here's where where I'll say this, and and I know we're talking about contracts, and and this is this is all pretty and all, but it, it's it's not just the 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 TV contract, right? There's going to be so many. You're talking about twenty thousand people going to a game in the XFL. That's twenty thousand downloads of your XFL app. Right. Not to mention the people at home. That's there's advertising within your app. There's going to be betting. There's going to be fantasy football. It's all about the soft goods, and that's what the XFL is focusing on. <laughs> it's not the goods, hard yeah. stuff. It's all soft goods. Technology in, in any type of way that they can make money digitally is what's going to happen with the XFL. And, I, and based on what what I'm seeing on these uh, contracts with these stadiums, that's what they're shooting for. Well. This news made me think, okay, this TV deal is going to be pretty good. And Oliver Lux alluded to, people are going to be surprised. And I think I have my official prediction now, guys, as to what the TV deal is going to be. No inside information other than, well, I saw executives whenever we were at the XFL press conference announcing the cities. There were television people there from NBC and Fox. And that's going to be my prediction right now. I'm going to tell you right now, I think the XFL is going to be on two networks. I think Saturday games will be on one and Sunday will be on the other. Double headers on both. Just like the NFL's on two networks during the day on Sundays before the night game, of course. I think you might see NBC and Fox pick up the XFL. If you go back into the archives at thisistheXFLshow.com, you can listen to some past episodes. We talked about this. They're all uh, there? Yeah, you know where uh, these games are going to be broadcast. And we talked about, okay, Fox... You know, during that time of year, okay, they're going to have NASCAR, they're going to have some college hoops. NBC, they're going to have, a, a, you know, maybe a hockey game. Uh, so English know, Premier League soccer. Pre- Premiership. Aren't they, the, they're losing that deal. Is golf, though, aren't they? is golf in session at that, at that point? At the end of the XFL uh, season, it picks up. So there's space available. What we're saying, yes, there is, and maybe it is a two network type deal. 
Now, somebody smartened me up because I, I know that opening kickoff weekend is going to be a Saturday and a Sunday, but is that confirmed for the rest of the season if games are going to be taking place on two days? Uh, well, I, I don't believe that's confirmed fair. unless... Because I, I guess it's these, implied. It was more implied than confirmed, I guess, is what we could say, Jake. I don't think it was. Because if these games are all happening on one day... I mean, first of all, I, I mean, Alan, I'll ask you because you brought it up. Do you think every game is going to be on national television? It's only it's only what four or five games, uh, you know, four games a week. Four, you're getting four games a week. Whether they get double headers, I, well, I'm getting I'm getting ex- excited and thinking that all of them will be. But uh, I mean, the conservative thought would be it'd be one game a, a well, week on each network. Well, think about it this way. With the other the game, one's on the app. If the game's only going to be two and a half hours long... You could air them both. Then you could easily... That's only five hours of television. But also, and also do you want to spread your, your, your TV base that thin, right? If you have yeah. four games going at one time, that means... You can only watch one at a time, even if you're watching all four on some sort of square t, you know, square boxes on your television. You're still only watching one channel. You don't want yeah. to spread your, your audience that thin. Yeah, I, th- I think it. I can see it. I mean, they're definitely not going to be on at the same time. I, no. I could, I could promise you that. Uh, and you know, I could see. Don't forget those networks. Most networks have sports network, cable networks as well. Yeah, you could easily you could... put one on Fox, one on FS2. Yes, or FS1. Yeah. Who knows? Or Fox Deportes. NBC Sports. I appreciate that. Maybe you've got an XFL app exclusive game a week. I don't know, but from what we saw with these stadium deals, it leads us to believe, I think, all of us, that the the, the league is going to get a great TV deal, and that should be coming very, very soon. I'm, I'm iffy about the TV deal. I think it's going to be good. But I don't think it's going to be as great as you guys are thinking. I think, I think it has to be other, good. If, if, I, don't, I think there's other avenues out there that the XFL are ch- channeling that they're going to gain um, significant amount of money to, uh, to, to to their pockets. Well, well, time will only tell as we painfully have to always say on this show, but eventually we'll know all the details of the TV deal, the coaches, the quarterbacks, but it is fun as hell speculating, and you could continue to do that with us. Let us know what you think the TV deal for the XFL is going to be. Let us know if you think that this stadium deal is means that there is a good TV deal down the line. Oliver Luck has said we will all be pleasantly surprised, and I, I think that is the kind of thing that would pleasantly surprise people. Network television deals, multiple deals even, would be kind of a shocker, I think, to a lot of people. Let us know what you think, though, at XFL Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And, of course, you could call the XFL fan line anytime, 724565 for XFL. Jake, I know you weren't on the whole show, so it's the end here. Do you have any parting words for all of our football freaks? Uh, you're definitely going to want to check out next week's show because, uh, I mean, we're, we're going through the trenches. We've been getting a little bit of inside information, and I, I think it's all going to it's all going to come to a head next week on This is the XFL Show. Really? You think? I, I, I think it is. <laughs> what are you doing in the, for the, in, during the cover, too? Where are you? <laughs> Earlier in the show, Jake must have been getting some inside info and not told us before we did the end of this show. All right, well, Jake said it. Next week's show is going to be huge. He's calling it. (laughs) He's calling his shot. And you know what? I think either way, news comes out or not, it will make it huge because there's a lot to talk about quarterbacks and maybe some news breaks on a TV dealer coaches. We shall see. Until next week, 
Thanks for listening, everybody. For Jake, Vince, Bryant, I'm Alan. This is the XFL Show. And remember, they're listening.